Hey guys, oh man, that, <laughs> I know I talk about this all the time, that Saroon bumper, love it. Get ready, uh, we are in our series, Embracing Exile, and we're in probably uh, the most controversial passage in this book, but maybe one of the most controversial passages in all of the scriptures because of where we are today, where our culture is, uh, and things like that, and, and how far removed we are from this original context in which Peter is writing. And so remember, as we go through this series where Peter is writing to the exiles, he's, 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 uh, that's, that's us, we are in exile um, as, as people who've come from heaven like Jesus has, as, as our destination has shifted. Uh, we are going in this passage where we want to kind of uh, talk about uh, biblical theology and do a little bit of cultural commentary and, and then walk through this passage as well and talk about where church culture is at too. And so... I'm here with Missy. We're, we're going to do this sermon together, yeah. and we're going to have kind of a conversation a bit. We're going to talk with each other, but also talk with you. And so basically, as you see here, we just want to invite you into this conversation with us. Right. And, uh, and so as we go into this passage, again, this passage is part two of two. So two weeks ago, gave you the framework for these two passages where Peter is talking about how to engage society, what it means to be followers of Jesus in this world. And, and he starts with the basic unit of society, the household. So he starts with those who had basically no rights in that society, the slaves, the servants. And he talks directly to them. And, and he elevates them just by doing that because you wouldn't have talked to them like they were actual human beings then because they were considered property. So Peter talks directly to them like they have a choice. He elevates them. Now, uh, also back in this patriarchal society, you have uh, women and, and wives also uh, a step down. And Peter speaks directly to them in this passage and elevates their status in doing so. And, and so in this, in this passage where you have this household code, remember, these household codes aren't entirely distinct. They're all over Greco-Roman literature. What is distinct is how Peter is speaking, so the content of it, mm -hmm. and who he's speaking to. Oh. That's what is distinct in the scriptures. That's what's distinct in this passage in particular. And, and remember, Peter also is challenging us. He's calling us. He's... He's expecting us as followers of Jesus to do good. Yes. To do good. Right. And that isn't just a private good. That isn't just a good we do here. Uh, that is a good that, uh, that affects society. It's going the extra mile. It's, it's what Jesus said. Hey, um, if someone slaps you on one cheek, you give them the other. Yeah. If someone gives you, uh, if they ask for your tunic, you give them, or your cloak, you yeah. give them your tunic <laughs> as well, or right. the other way around. <laughs> the outer garment and the inner garment, you give yeah. them both. It's, it's things like that. It's, 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 that's how we do good. That's how we live honorably among uh, the Gentiles, he says, among those in our world. So when we talk about the kingdom, as Peter has been talking about, this is our DNA, right, at Trinity Life Church. It's kingdom disciples yeah. engaging society, and out of that arises the church. Mm -hmm. And here in this passage, this context is, what if... One spouse is part of the kingdom of God, is a follower of Jesus, but the other spouse isn't. Right. But the other spouse is not. 
How do you engage society in that way? How do you start in your home that way? How do you live out your faith where one person is following Jesus and going in a certain direction and the other person is, is not following Jesus yet or at all? Right? What does that look like in a marriage? What does that look like in a home? And, and, and so, like we talked about the past couple of weeks, should, should that one spouse upend the whole marriage? Should they, should they reverse everything? Should they completely upend society? Should they um, subvert everything? Like, is, is that what should happen? Or is there another way? Is there a kingdom way? When you have a wife who believes and a husband who doesn't. Mm. Or you have a husband who believes and a wife who doesn't. Right. What does the kingdom look like when it infiltrates into this marriage? Because that person now, in their marriage, that spouse, is living in exile. They're living in exile. They're in a foreign country, in a foreign land, with foreign people in their marriage. Because they're a follower of Jesus, but the other person is not. So how do they embrace exile? Right? And just to give you a little, a little heads up here, you may or may not be uh, satisfied with our answers this morning. Uh, because, guys, we live in a pretty polarized society, right? Uh, and, and in the church, too. It's very, it's very polarized. So yeah. some of you guys are already tuning us out because you're like, oh, this passage. You're on this end of the spectrum. You're like, oh, this passage. Some of you guys, you're not going to be satisfied with our answer because you're like, no, it should be this. And you're on the other end of the spectrum. And we're trying to give you a middle way here. Yeah. We're trying to give you a kingdom way. We're trying to show you uh, what, uh, what it means to embrace exile, even in the midst of the closest relationship in your life, in, in the midst of marriage, where Peter's dealing with, with the household. And so how, what does it look like to engage uh, in the kingdom way when um, you have someone who is going in a different direction or is opposed to you? That's what we're dealing with here. So when Peter starts off here, he says here, he says, Likewise, okay, in verse 1. Likewise, what? Like, like what? <laughs> well, this goes back to uh, verse 18 in chapter 2, where he says, Servants, be subject to your masters with all respect. So now when Peter says likewise, he means with all respect. And remember that word is, is the word for fear that Peter uses in 2.17 and then in 1.17 to talk about fearing God. And he, and he says, so anything you're about to do, anything he's about to say, is in the context of fearing God, of fearing the right. Lord. So everything you're about to do, the essential motivating factor is for God. Yeah. It's for Jesus. So if you don't want to do this for Jesus, for God, well, let's just stop there. Yeah. Right? All this is in the context of submitting yourself, being subject, those are the same words here, uh, for God, because you've done that. And remember here, remember that uh, you have done this already. Peter says you were subjected to the kingdom of darkness. You had submitted to the kingdom of darkness. You just were. We all were. Yeah. Now you're subject to a new kingdom. So you're not like, it's not just a free-for-all, <laughs> but... Your kingdom is one of abundant life. Your king is 
one who is all love and perfectly good and merciful and just and forgiving. It's different from the king of darkness and from the kingdom of darkness, right? So we've chosen to subject ourselves already. And like I said a couple weeks ago, you're doing that all the time. You're subjecting yourself to your kids, you're subjecting yourself to your job, to your boss, you're submitting to all kinds of things all the time. You're submitting to your Netflix list. You're submitting to the music you listen to. So this isn't about whether you're going to submit or not. It's, well, who are you going to do it to? Right. Who are you going to do it with? And, and so here in this passage, he says, likewise, he's saying, he's reminding us of all that. Yeah. And, and so when he says, wives, submit to or be subject to your own husbands, like that shouldn't be that jarring to us. Right? Right. And that's because the essential motivating factor is God, is your relationship with God. Remember back in Ephesians, he says to submit to one another for what? Out of reverence for Christ. Out of reverence for Christ. And then he says, wives, you do it like this. Husbands, you do it like this. Yeah. Guys, this is, and if you're married, you know this, our marriage, your marriage, this is the closest relationship on this side of heaven. You know, your earthly relationship, yeah. this is the closest one in your life. If you can't submit in this relationship to each other, how are you going to do that to God? Mm. How are you going to do that to anybody else when he says to honor people? When he says later on, next week I'm going to talk about this, when he says don't repay evil for evil. How are you going to not do that if you can't even do it in this relationship? Yeah. If we can't even do that here, what's, what's that going to look like when he says, okay, you're to bless instead of curse? Yeah. No, you're going to be like, I'm not subjecting myself to you. I deserve respect. I deserve honor. No, no. He says, let's start here. And if we can do this here, it's going to set us up for success in the kingdom. Right. You're going to actually be able to experience the abundant life and embrace, and embrace exile. Yes. So... Um, so he says, he says, likewise, wives be subject to your own husbands, not to all men, not right. to any other husband, to your own husbands, because that's the one who's laying his life down for you, as he says in Ephesians 5. Like they've, they've subjected themselves in this way by laying their life down for you. And then, and then he, he goes on and, and he says, uh, uh, where are we? Where are we? And, and he says, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word, without a word by, by the conduct of their wives. For when they, uh, when they see your respectful and pure conduct. Yeah. That's the goal. Mm -hmm. Remember, we're dealing with a wife who has decided to follow Jesus. That's countercultural in and of itself that she's saying, I'm not going to worship yeah. the same God as he does. I'm going to follow Jesus. So she's already countercultural. Now, he says, don't, don't, um, don't take that and now force him to be a follower of Jesus. Don't, don't, uh, be, uh, don't overlord that. He says, instead of like just going straight for beliefs, he says, do it through your conduct. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why Peter says that. <laughs> Well, because guess what, guys? Peter didn't believe everything right away when Jesus asked him to follow him. That's right. He just said, come follow me. 
And Peter got in Jesus' face a lot. Yeah. And, 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 and so Peter's almost like here, he, he's like, yeah, I remember my experience. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of forcing your beliefs on, on your husband, just do it through your conduct. Yeah. Now, that doesn't mean beliefs aren't there. It doesn't mean you don't speak about Jesus, nothing like that. But he says, let your conduct, your respectful and pure conduct. He says, don't overlord it. Don't undercut him. Still be respectful. Do it through your pure conduct. And uh, because the goal is to win them to Jesus, is to show them that there's a better way here. And, and so wives, that's why, he says, you would, you would submit and subject yourselves. Because, again, that relationship... But then your goal is to show them Jesus. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. So just just a reminder, like what we what we've talked about isn't entirely like distinctive, um, distinctively Christian. Like we see these principles throughout um, in the Old Testament and different things. But what is distinct here is um, God's presence throughout this passage. So that's um, just a reminder as we continue on through this, like God. God's presence is here and with us. And so mm-hmm. let's go on. So we're, 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 we're talking verse three. It says, do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the wearing of gold or the putting on of clothing. Yeah. And, and specifically, uh, guys, in Greek philosophy, they hailed the virtues. Mm. They said there's, there's examples, there's multiple a multitude of examples in Greek philosophy that say something just like this. Yeah. So don't don't buck up against this and say, oh, Bible is so old school and yeah. and they're trying to hold me back from wearing my long eyelashes and my mask <laughs> and my whatever and my and my makeup. No, guys, this was all over Greek philosophy. So when Missy yeah. says this wasn't distinct, she's right. Like this, uh, what Peter is saying isn't against. Uh, other things that are happening that day. What is difference is, is how we're going to see God throughout this. Right, right. So here, I mean, when it says do not let your adorning be external, because this actually isn't, like, this isn't really a new teaching, but it is, it's being applied to women in this case, right? But this is exactly what um, Jesus says to the Pharisees when he's talking about mm, cleaning yeah. the outside of the cup. And, and they're, but they're neglecting the inside, right? Where, um, like greed and, 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 and just like dirtiness, you know, like that sort of, you know, builds up, right? So that's where we need to have like our focus, right? This is straight from, this is yeah. a, a principle that can be applied in this way. Yeah, Cause you know? the Pharisees were all men and he's talking to men in that, right. in that instance. Right. So again, don't think, Oh, G- Peter's here trying to hold women back. Jesus is talking to men earlier about this. Yeah. Because the Pharisees, they're, they're all in their, like, beautiful vestments, and, and they think they look special because they got right. the, yeah. the, I don't know, the scarves and the robes. Well, yeah, and, and it was very much about the outward appearance of even in their prayers, and right? Like, yeah. That's what they were, that's exactly. what they were focusing on. Exactly, on the street corner. Yeah. And, and, hey, look at me giving and things like that. Exactly. Yeah. Right, right. So... When he goes on, he says, let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart. And, mm. and ladies, like, isn't that what we want? Like, don't we want to be known more for our intellect, um, mm. judged by our hard work, right? These type of things, not, um, not, not like the external, right? But 
yet we still put we we still you know put so much weight on the external and clothes and jewelry, makeup and all these different things, right? But that's not necessarily entirely our fault because we've been inundated with with this through our culture. I mean, if we're just thinking about like I mean, when you when you go to the store and you see like right when you're trying to check out, right? Like like magazines that are showing all this mm. stuff, maybe and even in like social media or something like that. Like we're being fed a lot of these lies in our in our western culture that put so much um, emphasis on on yeah, the external. I mean, right? Our culture says that like we say we want to be known for those things, even even men, right? But yeah. but um, look at how much goes into gym memberships and protein shakes yeah. and things like that. And, and, yep. and for women, uh, we, we say we value those virtues, but at the same time, uh, I mean, even in the pandemic when that happened. Yeah. I mean, sa- sales for makeup and stuff like went up. Yeah, they skyrocketed. It, which was shocking to me. When we weren't going outside. Nobody was going anywhere. I'm like, what, what do you need makeup for? <laughs> yeah. It was great. There's days without makeup, right? Like, why? Just why? Um, but you know what? The Bible doesn't prohibit those things. Like, mm-hmm. it's not saying, I mean, we don't see here, don't wear makeup or don't, don't do something. But it's making a value statement. And that's where right. the distinction should be for us. Right. It's making a value statement because where you place your value. Right. Yeah. Where where are you placing your value? Um, because our earthly idea of equality is really just a shadow. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, it's just a shadow. It's because we're still subjecting ourselves, like you talked about, like to this to the kingdom of darkness. Right. And that's what that is. But we want to choose eternal equality. Right. right. And that's going to have a focus on the kingdom of light. And that's, that's the shift here, guys. It's from equality to eternity. Yeah. And again, that doesn't mean we're getting rid of equality. But like Missy said, our understanding, our version of equality in this world is just a shadow of eternal equality. Of, yeah. of there's neither Jew nor Greek, there's neither slave nor free, there's neither male nor female in the right. kingdom of God and the gospel of Jesus Christ. Right? We, we're just living in a shadow of it. Yeah. And, and you see here through this passage and through the passage previous to this, a redemptive movement, a redemptive uh, where, where, where society is moving along towards, towards redemption. Guys, this was 2,000 years ago as Peter's telling them this. Look at how far we've come. And you may mm-hmm. say, oh, we haven't come that far. Well, well you don't know history then. Uh, just in the past 100 years, look how far we've come in terms of equality, of redeeming, of, of movement towards this ethic where there's neither slave nor free, there's neither Jew nor Greek, like socioeconomic, ethnic, racial, and there's neither male nor female. And, and so uh, we're, we're, we're moving redemptively, redemptively towards this. Right, right. And I mean, just thinking about like our family, like we're raising two daughters in an over-sexualized culture, you know? Mm. And, and these things, like, if you think about it, like, have been, have been placed on them, like, since, since they were little, you know? Yep. And you don't necessarily notice it, but, like, but you see it seeping in there because every time they're, you know, wearing a dress or, or, or even not, right? But, like, people automatically comment on, on, on how beautiful, on you, how are. beautiful you are. Like, yeah. you know, looking, oh, you're looking like a princess. And then you have the whole princess thing with... Yep. Disney. Not that we like 
didn't watch Disney movies with their kids, but even they recognized. Yeah, the, we talked about it with them. Yeah, like they recognized the unrealistic standards that are in that are in Disney movies. You know, with like, you know, huge eyes and whatever it is, right? Like they just yeah. noticed it wasn't quite right. Um, but we also were intentional about having those conversations with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's sort of been on them since they were little and it's carrying and now we're getting closer to to the teen years where we're going to have to be even more intentional about what that looks like you know yeah. and teaching about Don't remind me. this internal no. <laughs> teaching about this this um, this internal adornment right and what we need to be what we need to be focusing on there because you know what beauty fades and and these things aren't lasting like it's it's no comment not, yeah. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> um, but, but here, um, but this is what we should be going for. With, for. It says with the imperishable beauty, right? And that word imperishable is actually the same word that we saw yep. in First Peter where he's talking about um, your inheritance, right? Your inheritance, we're co-heirs with Christ. That is everlasting um, and cannot and, and, and cannot um, decay or, or end, right? right? And so that's what I want them to focus on when they think when I when we think about when I think about our daughters and, and them growing up, like having um, an everlasting beauty inside of them, right? Mm-hmm. And teaching, um, yeah, just having like the kindness on and, and everything. But then it goes on. Well, and, and so it's not a it's it's just sometimes we read this and we think, oh, that's a bad thing. Yeah. But it's, it's not, a, again, it's a value statement. It's where you put in your value. Yeah. And, and this internal, eternal, imperishable adornment, uh, this, this beauty is what we want to go, go towards. Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's, that's the kingdom way. And that is, what, that is what's going to win over people, not, not the external. Right. So. Right. Yeah, so he goes on to say, um, you know, an imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit. So, guys, remember this is we're, this is a trajectory that Peter is bringing us on, right? So, what we're talking about is this transformation of the internal, which will change the external. He's not saying that women need to be silent or not strong, because like, that actually contradicts what. We see in Proverbs 31, mm-hmm. right, where strength and dignity are her clothing. And when she opens her mouth, it's wisdom that comes forth and right. the teaching of kindness. So that's still very much right. what we need to be doing. You know, um, a gentle and quiet spirit is one that's undisturbed, not anxious, bringing about peace, you know. And Which that's what we're called to do, right? Be peacemakers. Right, be peacemakers. Like that. What's wrong with that, you know? Um, and Jesus even, you know, Jesus brings this up when, he, when he's um, on the Sermon on the Mount, right? With, um, you know, the, the meek shall inherit the earth. And we see that inheritance mm-hmm. again, right? And, and like you said, peacemakers, right? That's the same. It's actually the same, the same word. Yeah. Uh, gentle here and, and meek there. Okay. Yeah. So exactly, right? Um, that, that shouldn't upset it, but upset us. And then it ends with this. And I think this is sort of a, a crux of, of the question because, or, or, or this, this passage it says in which, which in God's sight is very precious. So essentially like, that's the question. Whose sight hmm. are you concerned about? Right. 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 Yeah. Yeah. We know that God looks on the heart. Yes. We see that, uh, Prime example, Samuel goes to find a king. He goes to all the strong brothers. 
I don't know, six, seven of them pass. And then the, the weak, small, little shepherd boy, he's like, that's going to be the king? Yeah, because God looks at the heart. And, and so whose sight? That, that, that'll change uh, your adornment from external to internal, uh, depending on whose sight, if we're going for, for what God looks at, for, for what he values, for what he appreciates. Yeah. And in our world, guys, I know, I, I get it, it's hard. Our world says they value internal, but you see, we see with our eyes that they value the external. And so that's why this is so important because when we look just like the world externally, how are they ever going to value the internal and see yeah. us internally right. when we look just like everybody else? And so he says, uh, that's why that's so, so important here. Right, exactly. And then he goes on, he says, for this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves. And even before we go, before we go on, I just want to, want to stop right there and, and pose the question, do you believe that what the Bible is saying is holy and beneficial and noble and good and true? Because if not, then, then there's really no, no point in continuing on with this. But if you do, then this is what it looks like to, be, to put our hope in God mm. and to have this mm. sort of, to be one with internal adornment. This is, this is what it looks like. And he goes on and he says, by submitting themselves, by submitting to their husbands. Because Peter isn't giving us um, specifics here with that, right? Mm. That's, that's the statement. That's, that's what we have. Like, but he's giving us these over... Um, these overarching principles um, that have that, that we get to figure out because we're trying to change the fabric of society with this. Right. And that's what the household, these household codes can do, right? Because when we see it here, it will, the impact will be greater. And that's, that's when it gets tricky, guys, because, uh, not tricky, that's when it gets aberrant or mm. off. It, because like Missy said, Peter doesn't give specifics here. Yeah. He doesn't say you submit to your husband in this way. Right. He doesn't say you have to do it like this. Right. Right. Uh, but when you see the, the church say, well, wives, you have to do it like this. Well, that's where it gets a little bit aberrant sometimes. And I think when we talk about this passage, when we talk about passages like this, that's what people buck up against. Right. When, when someone says, well, no, it looks like this. Like, and this is why the gospel, this is why these principles, these kingdom principles can transcend culture. Because they can look different in different cultures. Yeah. It can look different from house to house. Right. But what you see here, and, and that's because the focus is reverence for Christ. Submitting yes. to one another reverence for Christ. The focus here is fearing God. The focus here is doing good. Right. The focus isn't, okay, you submit yourself because this person is going to overlord over you or, or vice versa. Right, so when we go through this, if, if we want to follow Sarah's example, mm -hmm. if we want to be holy, if, if you as a, as a woman right. want to follow in the holy woman who hoped in God, well, that's where it starts. Yeah, right? that's what it is. Um, yeah. And that's not, it, that's not unusual. It's not, counter, it's not counter the kingdom. Now, it sounds countercultural, yeah. but guys, um, we... We serve a savior who submitted himself. Yeah, that's right. Just read the verses right before this. Yes. He submitted himself to people who were murdering him. Yep. Who were reviling right. him. 
who were, who were cursing him, who were judging him. Our Savior did that. And again, in this, this is the person you've committed your life to right. who says that they love you more than anybody else, who you have the most intimate, intense relationship with uh, in, in the earthly sense. Right. And so what's the big deal? Yeah. Yeah. Right? When, when God's the focus. Exactly. Exactly. And we also see this with doing good, right? This idea of doing good isn't, these, isn't necessarily like these sort of like, like private Christian acts. It actually has the impact to be, go beyond like what is, mm-hmm. what is expected. Mm-hmm. And Peter uses this idea of doing good all throughout this book in this relational context, right? Um, citizens to the authorities. Um, slaves to masters, husbands to wives. Like this is this is how how he does that, um, and even victims to to their persecutors. Right? It's the right. same idea. It's the same principle. It's the same language of doing good to create good to make good. It's actually the same word that Jesus says back in like in Luke six, where he says, "Love your enemies and do good." That's what we should be doing here, right? Creating good. And this isn't just like, um, it's, it actually, and it even goes beyond a relational impact because it is, we're looking towards the common good here, right? The common good. It's, it's an overlapping of what we've been talking about, overlapping of the secular to the sacred, overlapping of, or this, um, moving from submission to sacrifice. And then again, going from equality to eternity. Right. Mm, that's that's the goal. That's Definitely. the goal. And then the last part here it says, um, so if you do good and you and do not fear anything that is frightening, right? Do not fear. How many times have we seen this in the scriptures? Right? This idea is it's actually an enemy to faith in action, fear, mm-hmm. right? Fear is this enemy to faith in action. So we see this so many times, right? This is God speaking to Joshua and saying, be strong and courageous right. because they weren't because the first time they did fear. And then look what happened there, right? Yep. For 40 years in, never in the moved wilderness, into the promised land. They, didn't, they didn't go and, and whole generation missed out on mm-hmm. that because of their fear. Um, and this is Gabriel speaking to Mary, do not fear mm-hmm. when yeah. she's, you know, like just hearing this news and like, yeah, whoa, yeah. like, Wild news, yeah. I mean, I don't know how you wouldn't in that sense, but he's reassuring. He says, do not fear, right? God is in, mm-hmm. God is in control. Um, and then this is Jesus speaking directly to the disciples saying, take heart for I've overcome the world. And Peter remembers that. Peter yeah. was there, guys. He remembers. He he remembers all his times of of doubt and fear, um, and he's and he's um, calling us to to not be that way, right? right? So why would we why would we think otherwise? Yeah. Why should we think otherwise? We shouldn't. We shouldn't. And that's you know why? It's because you are a chosen race. Yes. You are a royal priesthood. Right. You are a people for his own possession. You're a holy nation that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you weren't a people, now you are a people. Once you didn't receive mercy, now you did. Now you are receiving mercy. So show your good deeds before others so that on the day of visitation, they might glorify God in heaven. Exactly. Right? Yeah. That's who you are. That's who you are. That, that's why 
we can do this. That's why we don't have to fear, because that's who we are. That is your reality. That's right. Live in that today. Definitely. Definitely. So this is what it looks like as we hope in God, right? There's a new covenant established here. There's a law of liberty and a law of love. Mm-hmm. And that is what we want to weave into, like we said, the fabric of society um, that we can have this impact um, and, and, and affect society as a whole. It's going to start here in the home and then it's going to affect, affect the larger society. Mm-hmm. So likewise, husbands... You're not off the hook. Right. <laughs> uh, I know we've been talking a lot about a lot to the women this morning and, and wives, uh, but that's because there's six verses dedicated to that because yeah. uh, P- Peter loves you guys. And then, and then there's, uh, there's just one in this passage to the husbands. And, and so likewise, again, likewise what? Likewise in, in all respect. So the same thing we talked about with the likewise in verse 1, it happens again in verse 7. Uh, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way. I'm going to talk about this next week, but, but sympathy, uh, but, but the word sympathy down below is understanding. It's, it's understanding from someone else's point of view. It's, it's husbands understand from, a, from their point of view, showing honor to the woman. And, and, and that sometimes, I think when we read showing honor, we can, uh, you know, it's not just, oh, thanks, babe, for whatever or or you know good job it's it's actually stronger than that it's 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 giving missy the uh assigning it's assigning and apportioning her deserved respect so husbands do that for your wives there's deserved respect and and honor them and honor them peter says guys that is so countercultural in this day right yeah Uh, now now and, and today we we just we, you know, it's, it's like an expectation, um, but I mean, if, if it happened, we wouldn't be doing marriage counseling for people. <laughs> we wouldn't be doing pre-marriage counseling as, uh, for people. So, uh, our, our sinful flesh is at play here. So mm-hmm. he says, honor, and he says, honor the woman as the weaker vessel. Okay. I'm sorry. Some of you guys probably are tuned out right now because that's like, the, 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 the probably the breaks on. Um, I mean, what, what do you feel like when you hear those words, weaker vessel? Is that offensive to you? It's not. I'm, I'm sorry. It, this doesn't offend me. I, um, because this doesn't matter. Like, I know my identity. Like, I'm solidified in Christ Jesus, and, and I don't. This doesn't do bother it, me. What do you like, mean it doesn't matter? You're like, saying the Bible doesn't matter? No, 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 no. This, this, like, this, this. The, the weaker vessel doesn't offend me. Like, that doesn't bother me, is what yeah. I'm saying. Uh, to be clear, yeah. <laughs> Bible matters. I wouldn't, be say, I wouldn't be here if I didn't believe that. Yeah, and, um, and, and in these words, I, I think, especially in our day and age, we, we can take just such, such tremendous offense to this. And, yeah. And, um, and, and here's the thing. So, uh, oftentimes we think, oh, well, is, is Peter saying, uh, like, women are weaker emotionally? Uh, is Peter saying they're weaker mentally? Uh, is he saying they're weaker um, physically? And I think one of the most popular interpretations of this is, well, it's, it's about physical strength. Yeah. And, and uh, the woman is the weaker physical vessel. And, and yeah, may, maybe. Yeah. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm saying maybe. But we all know that's not always the case. 
right? That generally we we could say that's that's borne out to be true, but but there's a lot of stronger uh, there's a lot of women who are stronger than a lot of men. So yeah. it's not like it's true in every instance for all of time or anything like that. So here's something that's often forgotten in this passage. Remember, Peter was talking to wives before who have unbelieving husbands. Yes. Now he's talking to husbands. Who would read this letter? Unbelieving husbands wouldn't read this letter. Believing husbands would. Followers of Jesus would. And their wives may not be followers of Jesus yet. So just as Peter was talking to wives who have husbands who aren't following Jesus, now he's talking to husbands who have wives who don't follow Jesus. So maybe when he says weaker vessel, just putting this out there, it has to do with their spiritual state. Yeah. And, and the Bible talks about us being vessels for the gospel. Yeah. And, and you're saying, wait, 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 wait. Does, that mean, does that mean the wife is lesser spiritually? No, 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 no. It's meaning he's full of the spirit now and she isn't. Right. And so he has a, he has a duty, an opportunity to show honor to see from her point of view, to live with her in an understanding way because of this. Because women are also heirs with you of the grace of life. They're heirs with you of the grace of life. That word in the Greek is actually one word. It's joint heirs or co-heirs. So it's not like I was the heir because I'm a man and then I was like, oh yeah, here, you can have a piece of the pie. No, he's saying... We both are heirs right. together. Together. Like, it was always meant to be a male and female right. created in the image of God from Genesis chapter 1. Right? So now exactly. you, have, you have husband and wife, you have male and female. Again, that Galatians 3 passage, there's need of that in the gospel of Jesus Christ. Uh, because we are co-heirs together. We are joint heirs together of the grace of life. And here's why. So that your prayers may not be hindered. This is why, husbands, you live this way. So your prayers for your wife who isn't following Jesus or anybody else who isn't following Jesus, your prayers for them may not be hindered. Yeah. Guys, that's the gospel. Yeah. We show deference. We show honor. He says honor everyone earlier in chapter 2. We show respect. We submit ourselves. We are servant leaders. We are, uh, we are content with being last. Right? We humble ourselves. He's going to say this next week. Humility. He shows Jesus as the example for this, as a stencil for this. We right. follow in his footsteps yes. to lay our lives down for other people so that our prayers might not be hindered. Because mm. that's the gospel. It's beautiful. So if you're, if you're a wife, if you're a woman out there and you take offense at this, you're taking offense at the gospel. Yeah. If you're a husband and you take offense at this, you're taking offense at the gospel. Like, the gospel is one of submission. The gospel right. is one of laying your life down. The, the gospel is one of being a living sacrifice. Right. Of taking up your cross. Of dying to yourself. Of doing that daily. Yes. Daily. Daily. So if you can't even do it in this relationship... How are you going to do it outside of it? Exactly. You're not even living the gospel here in the one that you've committed to live on mission with. So, guys, church, 
We need to live in this way in order to, to move from equality yeah. to eternity. Right. In order to show this world that there's something more, there's something more tangible, there's something better than just a shadow, there's substance yes. Yes. With, with the eternal kingdom coming in here. And if you're not a follower of Jesus uh, this morning, uh, today, uh, there's just such a beauty to this to say, yeah, you know what? Jesus laid his life down for me. I think I can do that for him too. Mm-hmm. And we invite you into that with us because that's us as followers of Jesus. We have yeah. submitted ourselves and we just submit ourselves to living in exile in this world for the sake of people who don't know him yet. Right. We're inviting you into eternity with us this morning. Let's yeah. pray. Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for these truths. Just have them set in our hearts and transform us. And whatever we, we said that wasn't of you, God, you take that out of people's minds and hearts. But whatever is of you, you plant that in us so that we would not worry about external adornment, but that we would showcase our internal adornment for your glory and your glory alone. We ask this in your name. Amen. Amen.